<laughs> testing one, testing two. Alan, give me a test, please. Toast. Toast. Oh, yeah, that totally works. All right, you ready? I'm ready when you are, sir. Hell yeah. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of SMAFCast. Uh, we have been a little bit sporadic with our releases lately. Uh, just lots of powerful things happen in the Saber Martial Arts Foundation recently, and we've kind of been dividing our attentions up amongst all of them. But um, rather than just give you a bunch of crap every week, we'd like to make sure that whenever we release something to you, it's of acceptable quality to us and you as well. So that's where we are tonight. I've got my good friend, the president of the Saber Martial Arts Foundation, Sifu Allen Venable, with me tonight. Hello, and welcome to Smaff Talk. <laughs> I am so, I'm, I'm pretty excited about tonight's episode. It's been a couple weeks since we've recorded anything, and I know that uh, all of us on the board have had a pretty busy month, but definitely this, this past week has been oh, yeah. has been hectic for all of us. Um, I feel like the world is a little bit less on fire, but people are still trying to put those fires out. That's that's a great way to describe it. I completely agree with that assessment. It's like sort of sort of everybody's everybody's on edge, but nobody knows why. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. Uh, maybe we all know why, but we're not all willing to uh, yeah and confront it. Everybody's everybody's uh, reason is different, but it's yeah. all the same thing, right? So yeah. Well, one one cool thing that we've been doing, um, really cool actually, is what it is what it has been from my perspective is the um, new SMAF Holocron Education Outreach Program. Uh, yes, it's been yes. it's been awesome. It's been taking up a lot of our attention and and a lot of the SMAF work time, as it were. Um, kind of taking some time away from the podcast, but now that we have the HEO up and running and really running. We've had like a dozen classes so far. They've all been really well received, um, but they're free classes for anybody who's a SMAF affiliate, whether you're a member of an affiliate school or an individual affiliate. Anybody who's filled out an application and has had it accepted by SMAF is eligible to take these online um, martial arts classes. These are legit martial arts classes. Yeah, and that's a, the the beauty of it too is that because we have the technology nowadays, we can actually teach you in your, your own living room or backyard, uh, no matter where we are in the country. And there are so many really great instructors that show up on there, um, and that's why it's the you know Holocron Education Outreach. We are literally you know uh, provided you have you know a three D setup. Uh, a little holocron in your uh, in your living room. Yeah, right. That's exactly what it is. I mean, for anybody, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know what a holocron is. But let's let's just initiate the noobs real quick. A holocron <laughs> in Star Wars lore is basically a a cube or a triangular prism, depending on if it's Jedi or Sith. And this uh, geometric little. It almost looks like um, some sort of like Christmas decoration or ornament or something, right? Like yeah. it's like sort of glass and crystalline and, and metallic right. and awesome looking. And the force user who is teaching whatever topic they're teaching can record that basically that class or that lesson or that group of their curriculum on this device and right. you have to be able to use the force or to be a student of the force in order to be able to access these things. 
um, which is kind of how we modeled the ATO program for SMAF. It's really experienced instructors. Everybody who's taught so far, I think the lowest amount of experience is like six years. Um, right. You know, right. and we've got lots of teachers who have well over two decades of experience teaching martial arts. And um, they're given their time for free, uh, sometimes multiple times a month for certain people. And right. um, man, some of the martial arts knowledge that has been spit out in that Zoom chat has been just outstanding. So if you are somebody who um, maybe you don't have a saber group yet, maybe there's not one around you, maybe you don't know where to go to get some martial arts training or anything, and you've been tossing around the idea of filling out an application for us, this is one really good reason to go ahead and do that. Um, so anyway, uh, that's one thing we've been doing. So if you'd like some more information about the Holocron program, please hit us up at Saber Martial Arts. com and we can get you started on the application process and hopefully just keep expanding the holocron so alan um you've been on there i've been on there we've had Kay from socal we've had some of our san diego people teach individual classes in various forms we've done judging classes yeah it's just been just been so cool awesome stuff coming down all right alan you ready to get into the meat of this podcast absolutely already right. want to start so i think the last episode we talked a little bit about what to do when you're starting a school Yes, And one of the things you mentioned, because you're astute like this, is you need to know what you're going to teach. You need to have, yes. a, you need to have a curriculum. Right. And um, I think tonight we're going to try and explore this from, obviously, from like a teacher's perspective coming up with a curriculum. But also, we're going to dive a little bit, I think, into if you're just like an individual trying to learn martial arts, saber martial arts, anything about lightsabers on your own. Um, these are some things you can do to kind of get yourself in the direction of progress, which is right. like always what we want. Right. Yes. So the first thing you got to do, uh, is realize that you want to do this. And I feel like this is not asked enough of, um, somebody that wants to start a saber school. Uh, you have to really ask yourself, what do I want? out of this much like they ask uh, a teacher asks you when you walk into a, a, a dojo or dojang or kun or studio or gym right why are you here right so if you want to teach lightsaber combat that it i i put it into three categories right the, the there's three pillars of knowledge if you want if, if you want to go that direction there's the the tried and true stage combat choreography we're here for the show uh idea which again is still martial arts you have to actually um show up with some knowledge to look good yeah but right. it's basically kata right dressed up kata. Right. yes yeah. it does it, it, it's it's a paired kata uh basically to show your skill through a choreographed set of movements, a sequence to do it. And it, most kata is just that, but you only see one part of the fight. Sure. Right. right. 
Yeah. Um, so this, that is one pillar of knowledge and that's a very good pillar of knowledge for most people starting out. Cause they, that's really why you want to do this. Cause you want to look cool. Right. Well, and it, and, yeah. And it just from a technical standpoint, it gets you the motions. If yes. you have a good teacher, especially like if your teacher has some martial arts background, then you're going to get some good motion out of the deal. You're going to get body mechanics and physicality. Yes. And that's, and that's the biggest part of the choreography pillar. Mm -hmm. Well, and is, discipline, right? Cause practicing oh, yes. is a big, almost a bigger deal for people who don't fight. Right. Discipline will be in each one of these, um, because each one is a discipline in itself, just in a different way. It's, it's, it's speaking with a different accent. Mm, I like that. So I liken it to ice cream. Everybody likes ice cream, but <laughs> everybody has a different flavor that they like. You know, whatever whatever flavor you want, that's where these are going, right? Um, for some people, they can only do choreography because they won't do the combat aspect of it because it, you know, they might have injuries or they might have, um, uh, you know, some people have PTSD, some people have mental uh you know triggers that happen while they're in a highly intense situation like a fight where somebody's trying to swing a stick at you right sure, so sure. um some people have claustrophobia and and especially for safety you know the fencing mask is actually a lot better than most but you know still people still freak out in it. well the first few times you wear a fencing mask you really can't see anything because your eyes focus on the mesh itself not right. what's beyond the mesh once you start yeah. focusing on what's beyond the mesh, it's almost like it's not there. Hey, by the way, that's a great title. Beyond the mesh. Beyond the mesh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You'll probably come up with a better one still, but uh, for now. <laughs> I'm just throwing them out there now. That, that sounded cool. Anyway, so we're looking at we're looking at the different pillars, right? So you have your choreography. You have your combat. Now, it's still combat even though you're not fighting for your life even though you're not, you know, locked in a cage for a prize, you're not, not really doing it. It's still combat because you're actually going for the hit. Yeah. The right? stakes are your physical, uh, um, well-being. Right. And this is, again, we, we have, we have a unique perspective of combat because we are looking at it from a interpretation of a cinematic thing that we've seen and it's a sport interpretation more often right than and, that, and that's where i'm ever. going is there is a that, that's the third one because there is there is a sport as well it, because if, if you're looking at, at it it's all the same right um that but we're looking at it you know most people at least as far as i know come at it going whoa that's really cool i want to do that Right. But everybody will have it a different way. Like, hey, I really want to see I have some experience over here doing German longsword or rapier or, you know, I'm a, I'm a kendoka. You right. Know? And right. Or I did some boxing back in the day. Yeah. Right. And some of it is, is just like, OK, can I apply those principles in this game? And, and that's what it is. If you look at it as a sport, it's a game. Right. And that's kind of what uh, like the HEMA specialists have done for the past couple of decades is they've, they've evolved their game. Like yeah. Everybody, every weapon has a different rule set, but it's still, did I hit that guy? You know, right, I, right, I, right. 
that's a good point. The HEMA people really have dialed in on um, – it's like they've made a lot of rule sets in a short amount of time, but mm-hmm. they've really honed in on like the something we talk about in Saber all the time, which is treating the weapon like itself. Right. Well, that's the thing is they're doing the same thing but with steel. We're doing it with polycarbonate. Or right? plasma so it, in our in our hearts. Yeah, in our, in our <laughs> it's you know a laser sword, and and stuff. So there there is that. So when you look at choreography, there is uh it, when you're doing choreo, it's more about like storytelling. In in my mind, it's storytelling. Like you could tell tell a story. You're not just out there, you know, swinging light sticks, even though that's eighty percent of it there's there's usually a good guy and a bad guy conflict because of why else would we be igniting our swords right and then you, you see and and the best choreo is uh telling a story with their the the expressions in their body right um you can t- say and you, and you can see them doing different things uh with their bodies that we've seen over and over again and so I have a story about this. I, I, I did a choreography group uh, way back when, uh, right before, uh, it was around the same, same time I, I met everybody uh, in San Diego Sabres. And, and in, I remember seeing some of your performances at like the Diamondbacks games or something like that. Yeah, it was actually just before, it was like the year or two before that I had a group um, of people that wanted to come together and do a, do a chore, uh, choreographed story. So I wrote a script, we did a whole thing and it was fun. And the following year we did it again, but we upgraded everything, um, including some of the people in it. And uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, it, it was pretty neat and fun, but there was this one moment uh, we were at Phoenix Comic-Con, we were performing for everybody because it was the the year that uh, Force Awakens came out. Right, 2015. And, yeah, and everybody knows and loves the part where the stormtrooper whips out the baton extends it and yells traitor oh yes tr8r yeah and who's actually like not that's not actual yeah it's like fn something yeah yeah. (laughs) it's like not his designation but it's but it is in everybody else's hearts head cannon yeah my my buddy decided i i asked him if he could make it and he was like all right well here's how i would do it and he built one for me he built a he built a baton for me and he actually, uh, I gave it to somebody else and they, they rigged it up to light up and everything. It was oh, pretty that's cool. cool. That's awesome. It did not work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like what, what, when push came to shove, I hit the button and it didn't light up. But there is a moment in the show uh, that we, we extended the show. And there's a part where for some reason, no reason at all, my character shows up with the baton. And all I wanted was one person in the crowd to yell traitor. That's all. That's all I wanted. So basically I show up, the the narrator says something over uh over everybody, and I do the exact same stance and and, and uh do the the saber tonf or the tonf of the flourish thing and like from the crowd you hear traitor like like eight people said it right <laughs> and I was like okay this is it that's all I wanted <laughs> and, but but that just that little bit, that one movement, that one prop, you know, uh, the costume, 
right? If somebody, if you hear the respirator, you look around, you're looking for Vader, right? right? right. So, uh, and it's one of those things where if you are, if you are a fan of, you know, lightsabers, a fan of uh, martial arts fights, you can see how a lot of people uh, just pour out their love and support for this choreography there. You can go somewhere. I, I think it's called everything's better with lightsabers. Um, and they put lightsabers on every sword fight in any, right. So like, it's pretty cool, but that's choreography, right? It has to tell a story. Now, really quickly, Alan, I just want to say, because we are talking about curriculum and what you're saying is related to that for anybody who's like, not sure that what I want to say is I think almost everybody who is in saber martial arts, definitely myself, definitely you from what I understand. And, uh, to a large degree, I think a lot of San Diego sabers people, um, and just in general, people in the saber community start with choreography. Now you and I started with actual martial arts, but there was nobody actually fighting with actual lightsabers except you and your friends. Right. Right. So you didn't go to the dojo and just like whip out a lightsaber and expect all the black belts to take you seriously. Right. Exactly. And uh, again, technology is part of it. Uh, Nowadays you can do that and everybody goes, Ooh, and ah, and goes, where did you get that? But like in a play or something, yeah, yeah. Anybody who knew that I had martial arts experience, I was the first person that got asked to choreograph things for the stage, like fist fights, sword fights, lightsaber fights once or twice. And um, yeah, 100%, I think it's a great way to get involved if you're not sure yet. Because uh, a lot of times with choreography, all you need is the saber right. and, and time. And, yeah, and, and the again, the discipline to do something over and over again to get good at it. Right. To, to, to be successful in any of these pillars is that now that is a curriculum in itself. Right. It's it's pretty easy to have that curriculum if you have the others. Right. If, if you have a curriculum, uh, mainly, mainly because, you know, like you said, body mechanics and also you know, sword and, and blade movement in order to to do so. And it's a little bit more freeing too, because now you can actually, you know, punch, kick, grapple, you know, you do force chokes and force powers and stuff like that you know, and ham it up. That's, but that's in the choreography section, which is a big section, right? Because again, 98% of this is looking cool. <laughs> Let's just say learning velocities, learning um, a form's basic movements, learning a form as in like a doulan or kata that that is still under the choreography sequence even yes. just your basics your kihon if we were in karate class right your 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 basic basic fundamental movements those are going to be taught in a choreographed fashion regardless of what kind of institute or institution you're in Right. Remember that that forms and katas are just a choreographed fight where you only see one side. Right. Or or just like ABCs sometimes, you know, like this stance, this stance, this stance. That's that's choreography. That's kata. That's martial arts. 
Yes. And it's, again, like I said, it's a big part of it, but it's not all of it. Right. So let's move into what we would say. Do you want to, do you want to jump into the Kumite part, the the combat part, or do you want to jump into that sport part first and come back to the combat? Well, see, that's the thing is um, those, those two uh, go hand in hand. If you want to have personal success, right. You have to have goals, right. The difference between a goal and a dream is a goal has a deadline, right? As a, a measurable step. So if I'm looking at, hey, can I get to the end of this form, you know, or can I use my uh, German longsword techniques, you know, within reason uh, to to use that against this guy who's offensive, you know, or yeah, and, that, and that's that's where the MMA of swordplay comes into comes in right so i can either be uh completely into it as far as like i'm going to get better at this one technique or does this technique actually work and that's where that kind of martial quality like spirit shows up in that pillar and then there's the can i beat face you know within within rules you know so everybody wants to know Right. And, and that's the thing is like, again, 98% of it is, is, Hey, do I look cool doing it? Yes. Cause you have a lightsaber. In it, right. <clears throat> but then there's that other little bit that's just like, Hey, can I actually use real world techniques to actually get better at this? Or maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe you have a Ken to your right, right. Somebody that just sharpens your skills constantly, you know, with each other. Every time you meet, you know, you, you, you bump fists and you say, let's go. You know, sometimes it's that. And it's personal victory, right? Uh, as of, so one is more personal as far as like, can I do X, Y, Z? Can I get to this goal? The other is more public. Um, so the sport is all the trophies, medals, belts, new lightsabers i hate to say it this way but it's the it's a prize fight well yeah it's the flamboyance almost of the martial art itself right it's the hey everybody look at karate hey everybody look at lightsabers hey everybody look at kendo versus the actual kendo or the actual lightsaber training or whatever is a very i don't want to say closed door because the dojo doors are always open but like sort of a very personal inward sort of learning um, and curriculum. I mean, you have to set it up where if you're on the mats, you're on the dojo floor, you're in the gym in a class training and you, you have to set it up so that people are figuring out what's going on inside of themselves as well as what's going on around them with other people. But with the sport aspect, a curriculum of training for competition is more like drilling those things in live round robin fights or what have you in such a way that everybody's sort of judging you all the time and sort of going, well, I saw you did this technique and I saw he did this technique and this defense and this offense and blah, blah, blah. We did this Monday. We did this right. And everybody, the town hall is now commenting on what was 
two days ago a very inward personal thing. And, and that's and that's why they have to go hand in hand because you have to do one to do the other. Um, but you can do them separately. Um, your modicum of success will be e- extremely uh, different though. Well, here's something we've talked about before, um, but not on the podcast too much, just a little bit, which is sometimes, again, we're talking about like developing a curriculum in the sense that you're, you're trying to figure out what to either teach your students or teach yourself, right? Um, so I've heard competition referred to as training. And while competition does train, I feel like it's a misnomer to call it training. If that's the only thing you do, right? Like if what you do is every three months, every six months, you show up at a lightsaber tournament. Is that training? I would um, agree with you on this one because it is, if you look at any professional sport, a, a sport where people get paid to show up and play that sport. Right. Um, and even, and I, I, and I don't know this, but if you look at like at Olympic athletes who are amateurs by their, um, by the definition of the word professional, right? Amazing athletes, they practice outside of their events, right? So I would point at that and be like, listen, what you're doing is participating in events, but the training is in between. I'm going to give a shout out to, to a SMAF affiliate, individual affiliate, um, Mike Moriarty, because he is um, not trained at all in martial arts. You know this. You've done martial arts with him. You've sparred with him and things in his first sparring matches like ever. And yeah. um, he showed up to the San Diego Sabres event um, and he kind of like trained, but I never ever heard him sort of be like, well, I, I did, I train in, right. But now he shows up for the Holocron program that we talked about earlier, almost every time. And I would now call that training. Well, yeah. Well, again, we talked about, we've talked about this in previous episodes before, but passion, right. Is, uh, defined to me, and again, this is my definition of passion, is, is what you do in between, right? So if you really love something, you're going to be thinking about it even when you're not doing it. Yeah, the guy just likes Star Wars, and he's, he said, oh, you guys can help me like Star Wars better. Yeah. And he wanted and to learn martial arts, right? Yeah, I understand and see it in a different way. Because I, it, when I talk to somebody that has not done martial arts or has not done lightsaber, and they talk to me about uh, pick a fight in Clone Wars. Uh, let's let's say the uh, the last one, the last lightsaber fight with Maul and Ahsoka. Right? There is a distinct, different experience between somebody that's done martial arts and done done training with weapons and done training with out weapons, uh, done anything physical, versus the person that's just like ooh. Right, that that has that doesn't understand how many times somebody has fallen trying to do a butterfly twist to really experience a butterfly twist. 
the way a, a martial artist does. Well, that's uh, that. this is maybe not the time to go off on this, but I when I hear people say things like, oh, it's too flashy in movies or what those, you know, it's not real martial arts because it, it's like, OK, every single person who does stunt work in film is a martial artist. Yeah, they, they have uh, at least one black belt. Yes, at least at least one black belt and thousands and, of and you hours. know what if they, if they don't they're surrounded by them. exactly they're surrounded by people and with those black people belt. who do have the do black belts it. can vouch for them that they know what the yes. hell they're doing yes. you know and these people learned exactly the way we're talking about maybe through a little bit of choreography first and then through a little bit of contact and combat a little bit of competition here and there maybe they went to tournaments maybe just in their dojos or their their you know schools they they competed against other students for little things here and there and those people like you said how many thousands of times they fell trying to do a butterfly twist i've been trying for 15 years to figure that freaking move out (laughs) and it's like a level two trick you know it's like not a high uh high performance trick and no, but it looks amazing it looks amazing and when and people people look <laughs> at you know like like you say and there's different pillars different tiers of what we're doing if you're somebody who only goes to tournaments a couple times a year and you call that your training you dust off the armor every six months it's like the person who goes to church at christmas and easter right like are you really <laughs> going to church um i i think that those people are doing something good, but they could be doing more good, right? Just like the people who only train in their one dojo. Sure. They're doing something good, but they could be doing way more good. Well, this, this, this is part of talking about the curriculum. Your curriculum has to have repetition. It has to have repetition. You have to fall. You have to get back up. You have to try again and again and again. Well, every single event is different. Absolutely different. There's no one event that's the same, right? Rules are always changing in different schools. Sometimes in the same events. tournament, you'll have multiple divisions. Right. And, and it, so it's it's hard to ha- get really good at the one thing. Now, if you are really good at this one thing, let, let, let me speak to that person. If you're really good at this one thing, somebody will figure it out and you will not be good at it anymore. <laughs> if all you do is, <clears throat> is do tournaments. Again, it's the space in between. Um, I, I keep on referring to other stuff, but if you've ever watched- We're nerds, the, man. That's what we do. Yeah, if you, I, I feel like the movie was Amadeus. Have you ever seen Amadeus? The, uh, it's about about Wolfgang- Nowadays. Yeah, no, I haven't. My brother was in a stage production of it, I think, in college. So he was uh, he, he was basically very, um, what's the word, abused, <laughs> right? His teacher in, in that was, uh, I mean, I mean, they're Austrian, German, you know, very, very sticklers. And, you know, I, I believe the scene is he wrote a he wrote a, you know, a piece, a musical piece. And his teacher just threw it back in his face. And says, There's too many notes. There's too many notes. <laughs> and uh, 
in a Mozart tune? Shut it's, up. It's, it's a it's a orchestra, and uh, but the teacher said it's not about how many notes that you put on the paper, it's the space between the notes that create that invoke emotion. Now that's paraphrasing, of course, because it's been decades since I've seen that. But it's one of those things where if you really want to understand something, you listen to it over and over again, you can repeat it in the same way, and you can repeat the space between those notes. Like, even if you're listening to me right now, don't listen to my words, listen to the space between my words. Are you thinking between the space between my words? Or are you actually accepting the space between my words? Are you, are you actually in a, a, in a receptive mode? And that's kind of like a teacher student thing that has to happen. So, it, it, and that's part of curriculum and curriculum, it, let's, let's even, let's define curriculum because curriculum is, is taking your knowledge and imparting it to another. Right? translating it even yeah. because and, they're and, not going to understand it the same way you know it absolutely the best teachers the masters of teaching can say the same thing 108 different ways and if if you ever talk to somebody that's really good good at something they can explain it at least 10 ways to you there's a, a great um documentary that I, I watched that was really fun because it was a uh, voice acting there was a bunch of guys that did voice acting. It was the guy that did, that does like Homer Simpson's voice and Bender's voice. And, um, yeah, but he 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 put together uh, a documentary crew and they followed him around for a bit. You you see interviews by by all of his voice actor buddies, and one of them I and I can't remember which one because again years since I've seen this, but he says the same words, the same exact words, eight different ways. Just right in a row. And he, he says the same phrase. Uh, he said something like voice acting is being able to uh, put an emphasis, a different emphasis on, on certain things. Voice acting is being able to put an emphasis on different syllables in, in the sentence. And he says it eight different ways, invoking eight different emotions. And it's like, yeah, that's a master of their craft. That's somebody that can actually convey their emotion and their feeling and and the intent and that's the thing about curriculum is there has to be intention which is why i started with where is your intention are you intending to do choreography are you intending to do combat are you intending to do sport or you know? all of the above or all, or all of the above because they all have the same they should, it should be all of the above but maybe okay maybe maybe you don't know where to start right um Let's say I, I, I we kind of always do this little um, role play, but it's it's useful. Sure. Um, which is, let's say, I have a background in um, BJJ. Okay. And maybe a little bit of boxing. Okay. Um, and I maybe have been studying some of the media that's available for HEMA online okay. because a lot of people in HEMA, this is a great martial art to use as an example because it's almost 100% user generated. Yes. Most 
most, if not all of it, is made up and interpreted through old manuals that they just found. They've never been able to talk to anybody who's actually written any of the real curriculum. So they've all had to generate. It's not like a family lineage. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So anyway, let's just say you're that person, right? I I go to BJJ maybe once a week, twice a week. I'm pretty active in my jujitsu school, whatever. Um, I did a little boxing a few times throughout my life, but not really a thing. And I'm just now getting bit by the HEMA bug, right? So that's the, the person we're dealing with. And they love Star Wars. Sure. And they've heard about people fighting with lightsabers now. Maybe they saw somebody at a Comic-Con doing choreography or something. And they're like, holy crap, I didn't know anybody was doing this around me. Because guaranteed there's a lot more people around you doing it than you think there are anywhere you live. Um, A lot of people are still in the closet about it. But (laughs) um, let's say you're that person. What kinds of things can I do now to maybe like generate my intro class or my first month of personal training? Okay. So um, in this case, uh, you are, you have no experience with HEMA or you have started HEMA? Like maybe you bought like a wooden sword or like a polycarbonate sword or a fetter and you've been for like maybe a year or two just kind of watching like the blood and iron channel maybe watching richard marsden stuff maybe watching the hema alliance posts and combat con type stuff so let's just say that's you you're you're sort of like a hema um like the ninja turtles learn from splinter you're learning hema that way right which is kind of how it it starts it's kind of how all students in the dojo do it so um in this case if i am that person uh, I would ask myself, okay, what do I want out of this? Because the answer to that question will, will lead you to what kind of uh, teaching you'll, you'll show up with, right? Because if you say, hey, you know what? I'm doing all this HEMA stuff, but ooh, a lightsaber. Maybe that's how I can, I can get people to my school or ooh, a lightsaber. Um, maybe I can treat it like a lightsaber, right? Those are two different people and two different answers because a lightsaber is not necessarily a claymore. It's not necessarily a rapier. It's not necessarily, it's all of those and it's none of those, right? So that person will 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 know like, okay, well, this is a lightsaber. I'm going to treat it like a lightsaber. So I can use some of the stuff, but not all of it. Right. Right. Or I have to change this to do right. this. I can still right. use this, but it needs to look like that. Right. And then there's the, uh, the person that says, you know what? I just want, I just want to replace the word long sword with lightsaber. <laughs> right. So let me, let me just caveat that. I personally don't recommend that you go that route. This is just my personal opinion. I'm not speaking for SMAF as an organization, I'm not speaking for any one affiliate. I'm not speaking for Alan I'm speaking for me. I personally think you should, if that's the way that you want to do it, you just want to do your normal, let's say, Fiore stuff, but just insert a lightsaber. Well, you're not really doing your fandom, if in my opinion, which nobody paid for. You're not, <laughs> you're not doing your fandom any justice. 
you're not doing the the long sword any justice you're not doing the lightsaber any justice you're not doing yourself any justice you're not doing the people who came before you in any of those disciplines any justice you're not doing your jujitsu lineage any justice right like because let's just talk about jujitsu for half a second that's a martial art where creativity is the only way you're constantly creating a personal curriculum of self-improvement. You have a curriculum that your teacher said, okay, well, here we're doing the omoplata. Here we're doing triangle chokes today. We're going to work on takedowns and defense today. We're going to work on the ankle lock today. But you personally are constantly having to self-improve on the fly like a jazz saxophonist. Yes. Yes. So that is a great um, point. Because one is a lightsaber school, one is a HEMA school, which was my point. Like, what do you want? Yeah, that's why I don't think you should do it. I think you should give yourself the broader scale. And do HEMA stuff like, let's say you have a Tuesday class and that class is an hour and a half. Do a half hour of HEMA. Yeah. Well, the, 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 there's no nothing and nobody saying that you can't do <laughs> both. You should. My students right. do it all the time. They're constantly like, can we do this sword tonight? Can we do this sword tonight? Can we do this weapon tonight? Can we do nunchucks tonight? Sure. We're still going to do lightsaber too. Right. And the reason being is that it's a different game, right? And again, it's, it's a sport if you look at it that way. And the lightsaber is the every game when it comes to weapons. Yes. And, and that's the thing is like depending on your safety requirements and et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's, there's a ton of details. Right. But <laughs> excuse me. How do you want to do this thing? Do you want to teach lightsaber or do you want to teach longsword with the lightsaber? Let's say you are that first person. Let's just make it simple for everybody. You're that. Let's say they heard me just go off on my little rant and they said, OK, we'll listen to you. We'll make it about the lightsaber. <laughs> Okay. Let's say so, they also well, have a tiny bit of experience, maybe six months to a year, helping out with some of the young or the younger or the less experienced jujitsu students. So they do have a little bit of teaching experience, but they're not a head instructor. A teacher is a teacher is a teacher. If you are comfortable explaining something to somebody, congratulations, to the teacher. Yeah, then you're a teacher. It doesn't matter yeah. the rest. And, and, you know, sometimes it's it's frowned upon in our culture to um, help others. I think, I, and again, this is this might be a rant. Um, this is a product of public school where you are punished for helping your friends uh, on tests, right? So when, in fact, in the real world, you're always placed on teams. Yeah, you don't you don't get anything <laughs> done by yourself. Right. So it's like, but they taught me that I have to do this. I have to keep my head down. Yes, that's correct. If you're a factory worker, but nowadays, no. But what I'm saying is that that's, that's, some people have to break out of the fact that they, it, some people have to, uh, to realize their teachers and the fact that the word teacher has like a stigma about, it. Oh, you're the, te you're the teacher. You're the master. Like, no, here's, I help, you know, are you able to help somebody? That's really, you know, maybe, maybe we can call ourselves helpers. I don't know, but 
to be a teacher, you just have to be willing to communicate to another person how to get better. And if you, this person is looking to create a lightsaber school using the foundation that they have of jujitsu, boxing, and uh, HEMA, then they understand body mechanics. They understand that there is a specific style of movement that works for them. And they know that they're, how they learn those things, there are drills to create that sort of movement and create that sort of instinct or uh, way to move, right? Then they can understand, oh, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I can do this much. And if other people follow me, that'll push me to create more curriculum later. That, that'll push me to get better and learn more stuff. So, so good. So good. I feel like this can explode right now with what I'm about to tell you. And I don't, I don't, I'm honestly prepared either way. Um, there are people in all martial arts, but it's rampant in the lightsaber world <laughs> who decide their teachers, like you're saying, which we've said is a good thing. They use their foundation. Sometimes it's not martial arts based at all. Sometimes they just like like to ride bikes or they skateboarded. But again, like if you understand there's different body zones, you can freaking watch a Star Wars movie and Lord of the Rings and come up with, you know, five or six or eight slashes and then blocks to go with them. Like it's not I've been doing this almost 30 years. It's not rocket science, y'all. OK. Yeah. Hey, now, if you made it this far into the episode, I really got to say thank you for listening. Go ahead and just do me a quick favor. Raise your hand if you know somebody who might appreciate getting a lightsaber under the Christmas tree this year. Okay, I can't see your hands, but y'all feel me, right? So if you're doing a little nerdy shopping for somebody special, please support one of our sponsors at keysavers.com. Entering the code HOLIDAY20, you can get 20% off of all combat-grade sabers in the shop. Now, as a SMAF affiliate or member of a SMAF affiliate school or club, you already get a great price on the entire shop at keysabers.com. I promise you this price is better. Everything that Keysabers offers is already so affordable, you don't even really need the discount, but take advantage of it while it's hot. I promise you, any martial artist or Star Wars fan that you know would be more than stoked to find a Slayer or a Persuader in their stocking. Or hey, one of each... Two of each. Let's get crazy. Keysabers.com. K-I-S-A-B-E-R-S.com. Discount code HOLIDAY20. And while you're at it, head over to sabermartialarts.life. Fill out an application for free. Takes you a few minutes. You can fill out an application for yourself, for your school or club, or maybe for the same person you're buying those Keysabers for. It doesn't matter which holiday you celebrate, even if you're a total Grinch. Shoot, get yourself a green saber then. And please... Please have a very, very happy holiday season. But (laughs) there are people who, once they've decided they're a teacher and they have their 8, 10, 12 movements for offense and defense and some basic footwork, maybe they watched some Terra Prime videos and stole some stances and stuff, which is fine. That's why he puts it up on YouTube. Um, Well, that's still better than what they had before, right? That Exactly. Okay, so, but this person now decides that they're the master on the first day of the thing. And they start blowing up their 
program to the world. Like, everybody do this thing I'm doing because it's so lightsabery and I'm awesome. And I think this, I, look, I'm not going to begrudge anybody. If you're making a little money, I'm not going to begrudge you your money making. If you're getting a little ego drive out of it, I'm not going to even begrudge you your ego drive. If you just think that's the way it's done and you're thinking you're doing something good in the world, I also am not going to begrudge you that. I like good intentions. But man, like the real masters aren't going around telling that to people on their first day on the job. With their first two students, you know, like you must listen to what I'm it's like, let's just let's just work out together and you know 10 things that I don't know. You know these 10 strikes. Can you show me those? You know, you said there's 10 blocks that go with them. Can you show me those? Okay, can we just like practice that? Does there have to be like this master apprentice thing? Eventually, maybe, or maybe that's just the way you're going to call it. But like, do we have to all be masters just because it's a Star Wars prop and people don't know better? Let's um, talk about that stigma. To me, it has to do with curriculum because what you're teaching people is also has to do with your personality and, and like you said, the, the translation you're providing for them. Right. So in most martial arts, there is a – I hate to use this word. There is, there is a certain amount of reputation that you have to have to be called a master. And that's martial artists, just martial arts. has nothing to do with that. In Star Wars – there has to be a certain amount of reputation to be called a master, right? Just ask Anakin. Yeah, right? It's like, okay. <laughs> but to the uninitiated and the people that don't really, uh, let's call it just ignorance is bliss, right? Mm. Mm. Ignorance is bliss. That's much nicer than the way I said it so, five seconds ago. Yeah, so ignorance is bliss. So – when you're talking and you are the teacher and somebody calls you master, whatever, master so-and-so, you, you have to understand that, that those sorts of titles are, should, and I don't want to shit all over myself here, but should roll off of you like water off a duck's back because master for every actual master is the destination that you're still on the journey on, right? Even my grandmasters, we call them grandmasters. They're like, stop calling me that, you know? Because it's not about them. They take the title begrudgingly. I was just gonna say, it's almost a burden when somebody gives you that title because that's, they bestow it upon you and you are kind of like, Oh, now I have to back that up. Well, you have to show up, right? And I, I don't know if I told told you this story or not, or if it was just something I was telling to Kenny in, in, in my office. But uh, one of my teachers, whose name is the Sword Saint, right? Like, if you look up his name, it means Sword Saint. You're like, okay, I should probably listen to you about the sword. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah, we talked about him a little bit in the episode with Kay, um but do tell the story because it might not be the same one he uh he had a 
I don't want to say a religious experience, but it was, it was one of those things where he, he, he showed up as a grandmaster and he did it not for him. He did it for everybody around him. So basically uh, we're all familiar with the pinata game, right? You blindfold yourself. There's a pinata. You go up and you smack the crap out of pinata. Candy falls out, right? So uh, they were doing this at a function. It was like, a, it was in Seattle somewhere and he was there and, you know, they had the pinata up, up, up over a branch and, you know, they're, they're yanking it, changing the elevation on whoever had it. But because the, it was a group of swordsmen, they weren't using a stick, they were using a sword, right? And it was one of those things where you had to spin around like three times and then go, go for the pinata with your sword and they'd move it at the last second, right? So... He was there, he was having a good time. And then one of the kids asked him, Grandmaster, can you do this? Can you, can you do this with us? And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And then he put on his blindfold and he went, oh crap, I'm the Grandmaster. If I fail, I'm, I'm not showing up for everybody around me. And then he spun around three times, pointed right at the pinata. And then he said he had an experience that he had to celebrate. So when I heard the story, it was basically uh, oh, his one year anniversary of this moment, because it was one of those moments that um, that's stuck with him. Like uh, I call it Satori. Uh, I don't call it Satori. The Japanese call it Satori. It's a glimpse of enlightenment. And basically he saw everything. His eyes were closed, but he saw every blade of grass. He saw the people around him. He saw his target. He felt his sword in his hand. He took three steps and he chopped the pinata in half, even as somebody was moving it. And everybody cheered. And he took off his his blindfold. He went and went. He, he sat down. And went. That was cool. And <laughs> he was telling this because he was like, "Oh, I almost forgot. Today is my anniversary of this." And uh, it's one of those things that he had to show up not for himself. It was for everybody else. And because he just decided, okay, what would the grandmaster do? What would the grandmaster do? He would show up, he'd do this, he'd, he'd, he'd hit the pinata the first time. And he just opened himself up to it and he did it. Now, I wasn't there. I didn't see it with my own eyes. <laughs> he could have made the whole thing up. But let me tell you, I'm telling that story about him. He's not telling a story about me right now. Okay, so it's kind of one of those things. If you actually want to be called master, you got to earn it. You got to show up. Now, if you show up like that, hey, props to you. If you're just making that stuff up, hey, props to you. You were a great storyteller, right? But there's got to be something to back it up, right? There, there's always something to back it up. So when we talk about, and, and you're familiar with this term, but some people may not be. When we talk about paper tigers, you know, they're big and scary, but they're one-dimensional. They're 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 they, they basically, they fall apart. You turn your head and you're like, what? That's not right. And you, you've, you've, uh, you've talked about uh, bullshito a lot. Yeah. Bullshito. Uh, one of my favorite terms. Yeah. But it, it's basically, if you are in this, you're playing with a toy, but if you back it up with real martial arts, that toy becomes pretty cool and dangerous. Right. And if you're talking about curriculum, you have to treat it like the way you want it to be treated. Do you want to treat it like it's an actual, 
you know, laser sword, or are you trying to treat it like any other sword? Because I assure you it behaves differently. Here's another type of person that starts lightsaber curricula. Okay. Um, we're just kind of building this conversation now. Um, it's sort of like we've just dumped the Legos out. I like it. The, the details of creating cur- curriculum are wide and varied depending on who you are. Where you are. Well, it's, it's stupid to sit here and be like, you start with a neck chop and then you do <laughs> a, a hip chop and then you teach right. the block for the, like, duh. Okay. Somebody swings at my head. I block to the head. Okay. You got to have good hip movement. You got to have good footwork, blah, 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 for blah, the blah, people blah. that were looking for that, here's, here's the thing. You have to learn how to hold your sword. You have to learn how to, how to not drop your sword, how to stand. And then, yes. And you have to learn how to stand there. And then how sword. to walk with that sword. Yeah. So if you can get those in the first class, you're good. You'll be okay. Yeah. People yeah. will come back for number two. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Your first time, let's talk about holding your sword. Right? Nope. It doesn't go inside your belly. If you're an individual who um who doesn't have any of this, you're just working by yourself, that's almost better in a lot of ways because sometimes a coach can hold you back. Sometimes a coach doesn't doesn't coach you you right, right? all the time sometimes they might really coach you right but moments they don't it's just natural um and that's okay because those moments you coach yourself and you're gonna end up stronger for it so i think those people the way to do to do that stuff like i said if or like you said if if you were hoping for that conversation the way to do that is get on youtube get on the google machine and start learning about martial arts right or walk into your local dojo yeah i mean look if you if you know there is a place to learn something go there anything you can learn it doesn't have to be a weapon art you'll get something valuable out of that go to the yoga studio right remember forward is forward however fast right and sometimes you go to a dojo and you have a bad experience the first time you're there. That's okay. That just, that, that wasn't a right fit. It was a pu- part of the puzzle, but the piece didn't fit there. Go to another one and another one and another one until you find hopefully the, the place that fits what you're looking for. I want people to really hear that you just said that. That's a really, really, a martial arts teacher is telling you the world at large, which is probably smaller than we think, but hopefully growing every day, telling you that it's okay if you don't like his school when you walk through the door. Absolutely. Please. And I tell this to people as as they start to sign my form, right? And like, hi, you know, I'm Master Venable. I'm, I'm one of the teachers here. Uh, this, what are you looking for in the school? That's one of the first things that, that said to you, hi, welcome to the school. And why are you here? <laughs> you know, which is kind of the same thing that we're talking about curriculum. Cause now I can point you to somewhere because if you're in my school, which teaches primarily Tai Chi and uh, five animal fist Kung Fu and has a 50, 50 split between adults and kids. If you're here to fight in the cage, you're in the wrong place. But maybe I, I can send you two blocks down to my buddy who that's what he does. Here's even this. 
if you're like, let's just, you, you just said, if you want to fight in the cage, think about Anderson Silva. Okay. The guy knows Wing Chun. Yeah. So if you want to fight in the cage and you're willing to have an open mind about getting tools in your toolbox, like let's say Monday I go to Kung Fu, Tuesday I go to Jiu Jitsu. When, okay, if you really want to fight in the cage, that's what you should do. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is that there is definitely a different way of teaching depending on what you're teaching, right? Yes, and every martial art has a use. It might not be the use you need at that moment, but every martial art has a use. Yeah, I mean, I'm ta- I, I tell people all the time that Tai Chi is the most violent martial art I teach because the applications of it are just super bad. You know, they can, they can t- toss you on your head, they throw you across the room. Um, and usually the people that I fight are, you know, over 80. So I break their bones. No, uh, I don't. Say <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure you're listening. Uh, the, the thing about, uh, about it is like, that's a different, a whole different ball game. There's actually a sport uh, for push hands in Tai Chi that is very competitive and very actually kind of messed up in, in some ways because they actually have, they're, they're really going after each other. And they're doing it with Tai Chi. Yeah, that thing the old people do in the park. <laughs> uh, if you ever actually want to, to kind of experience it through the eyes of a foreigner, um, if you've ever seen the, the, the movie Searching for Bobby Fischer, have you seen that movie? Well, the movie that, that the, the kid that that movie's based on, the, the little kid with the, uh, with the chess, he's the guy that wrote this book. It's called The Art of Ruin. It's basically him applying the applying the principles that he he knew at for chess to tai chi and and basically realizing that he's not good at chess and he's not good at tai chi he's just really good at learning ah and hearing his his coach and his teacher say something and interpreting it through his body so he actually talks about his whole process of going to i believe it's a 2004 tai chi push hands uh finale in hong kong which no foreigner has ever won and uh there's a whole thing about it and and spoilers it's a tie at the end but (laughs) it's it's actually a really cool thing but the the way he lays it out is really good but it's it's can you learn are you stuck in your way is that you know can you break free of that rut that um myopic point of view all teachers need to hear that. All teachers need to hear that because a lot of a lot of the problem when we talk about quote unquote curriculum is um th- this is the way I do it. Yeah. This is the way I've always done it. That, that that's okay. That, but yeah, don't lose that. We're just saying Yeah. There's more, there's more. <laughs> yeah. there, there's other ways to do it. And you know, for your way, that might work for your students, but it might not work for mine. Yeah. You have to be willing to learn new ways to do, like you said earlier, a hundred different ways to say and do the same thing. Let's take a jab cross combination. Okay. In a lightsaber, it would basically be your, your basic chop, chop combo to the head or neck. Right. Um, that is a combo that you will, as we said earlier, repeat, 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 and repeat. 
and then repeat. And you will do that for the entirety of your career in whichever martial art you choose. Okay, unless it's jujitsu, you won't do jab cross in jujitsu. But well, well, you could in order to open something up. Exactly. That's a, yeah. Almost. Yeah. Um, you hear that, jujitsu coaches? Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know how many times I've I've uh, I've actually you know grappled with somebody, and they're like, "But you, why why are you punching me? Because you're open." <laughs> like, like, who who walks into a fight with their elbows up? Come on, you know. <laughs> That's funny. Um, here, here's my point with all this. Um, uh, you 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 focus so much on what you're giving to other people. And I say it that way on purpose. I'm trying to be kind to people. I'm trying to let people know that it's a good thing, right? What you're giving of yourself to other people, what you're quote unquote teaching, that's what you think the curriculum is. But at least half of it, at least 50% is what you're getting back. Sure. It can't all be, you have to be a little bit selfish about your own if you're the teacher or if you're just learning individually, you have to be a little bit selfish about the translation of the curriculum. You have to be like, uh, if my student's not getting it and I can figure out a way to um, explain it better so that they finally do get it or show it better or they they practice it better and, and they finally do get it, then I can be really selfish about that little bit of progress I just made as a teacher. Absolutely. Teaching is is a funny thing because if you're a teacher, by definition, you are training less right? by training more, right? It's, it's a weird way to, to, to think, but um, if, if you want more crazy clones, teaching is the sword that cuts two into one, the, which is basically saying that, can I get two minds to think as one. Mm. You know, can I get two intentions to become one solidified thing? I solved the riddle for you. Sorry, those of you that, that wanted to figure that one out. But teaching is the sword that cuts two into one um, is really one of those things that you have to constantly sharpen, right? We talk about it being a sword. You don't want to have a dull blade. You know, you, you want to sharpen the blade. You want to oil it. And think, if you think about a thousand year old sword, most people would think of an artifact that has rust and all this stuff on it. But imagine if that blade for a thousand years was polished and sharpened and taken care of. That's you. That's your mind. That's your body. And that's your art. And if you are uh, thinking about starting a martial arts school, whether it be lightsabers or not, you have to start with, why do I want to do it? And I, I keep on going back to that because if you understand why, that's the type of teacher you're going to be. If you don't understand why, prepare for that question over and over and over again by your students. Why am I doing a push-up? Why am I why, why am I learning this step with my left? I lead with my right. Why am I, why, 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 why? That's it. You know, 
The answer to that question is you. How much of your curriculum, jumping off of your point, how much of your curriculum is based off of stuff that was never actually in the curriculum in the first place that the why, why, why you had to come up with solutions that you later went, Ooh, that's sticking around. I'm keeping that. I'm keeping that. I'm keeping that. I mean, that's for, for lightsaber, especially that's like mm, 95% of my curriculum. Right. Like a bunch of years ago, I started with this little 5% from my previous training and a couple of nerdy friends and then now it's just become all these why, why, why's from people who thought I had the answers and I had to figure out the answers on the fly or do the research. And like we said, learn about martial arts. Even as a martial artist, you have to constantly learn about martial arts. You can't not. I sparred with somebody this morning. I love sparring with this guy. He's just a good person. He doesn't hit me too hard. And I'm an old man. I don't like to get hit hard anymore. Um, and But he's also really technically proficient. And he's a military guy. So he's like super stacked and just like in great shape. Um, but man, he's like super inconsistent in his training. And I like... I get hit by him every time we fight. I mean, everybody gets hit by everybody every time they fight. But uh, I think about a guy like that who has all this good stuff going on when we spar. I'm like, man, if this guy came in twice a week like the rest of us, holy crap, he'd be unstoppable. Sure. Right? Um, yeah. So, like for me, as a normally a teacher when i have those moments where i'm the student and i go i'm learning this stuff like you don't have to be the best at everything to be able to learn faster to be able to translate what you learn to others well to be able to sort of share and if you're learning by yourself that sword that cuts two into one you have to be able to separate the material you're learning is the other person mm-hmm the stuff yeah. you're studying, the videos you're watching, the textbooks you're reading, the you know people you talk to at the dojo. Maybe you gave the dojo a call and just picked their brains for 20 minutes because they had time to talk to you about stuff. And all those little things that you're researching and do, doing time in the library for, that's one mind. Yes. That other mind is you actually doing it. Yeah. And that to me is kind of like the summation of – this conversation is you have to do it. Any curriculum means you have to do it too. Part of that is you have to be a little bit in physical shape. Nobody's asking you to be an Olympic athlete, but if you're telling your students that they have to do 10 push-ups, pick up their lightsaber, do all 10 strikes, do 10 more push-ups, pick up their lightsaber, do 10 blocks. Well, then you, you have to have done that before. Right. You have to be able to do it if asked to show it. And if you can't, you have to be able to translate it well enough to a senior student that can do it. You know what I mean? It's it's those kind of things like you have to just walk the walk. When you walk the walk, the talk is talked for you. Yes. So um, that, was, that was a lot of uh... – stuff that you just said that created a couple of flashbacks in my my own okay 
Okay. When I was learning how to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. So we've said this before because it's a famous quote and who knows if he actually said it or not. Bruce Lee said, I'm not afraid of the man that I can do 10,000 types of kicks. I'm afraid of the man that can do one kick. And has practiced it 10,000 times. Yeah. That's kind of the, the thing it's repetition and that, and that's one of those, uh, again, it's, it's a saying that happens. And one of my teachers, uh, one of my grandmasters who, uh, we've talked about before, he says that there's a flag in a Chen village that says 10,000 on it is basically to, to remind everybody that, no, you're not done yet. Yeah. Practice it again. So every time I see him, he's always like, Oh, Hey, young man. Because you know he's twice my age, and he's and he looks even better though. So, <laughs> but, aging but he's uh, he's like, you understand? Because he'll he'll tell me to do something, and I'll I'll keep doing it until he tells me to stop. He's like, you understand? I'm like, yes, I do. Ten thousand times, ten thousand times to get it right once. I got you. And I'm, I'm here, sir. But he's, you've he's practiced like, oh. that notion of ten thousand, ten thousand times. Right. And, and that's because as a teacher, you have to be able, in order for your students to do as you say, you have to be not only willing to next to them, but outdo them. Right. If you know that, hey, I've done 100 push ups today, you're griping me about 10, you know, here, I'll do another 10, whatever. I'll do it with you. It's nothing. Right. So, that's where <clears throat> I was raised by a, a Marine Corps drill instructor. I don't know if you knew that about me, no. um, but that's one of the things that was very, as a, as a young child, as a toddler was drilled into me. It's like, are you going to do that? Or am I going to have to do it with you? You know? And it's okay. I understand that you can do this. Can I do this? And it became more of the, a challenge. And again, that's that might be my personality. That's how I learn. It's like, oh, you can do this. Okay, let me let me see if I can do this, right? And you can kind of see that in how I fight. <laughs> just, just whoever I'm fighting, I try I try to to fight in the style that they're fighting with. So um, it's one of those things where I would like to be a better fencer. So I seek out fencers that are better than me and fight them. Uh, Personal curriculum for self-improvement. Because I know that if I can do that, I can translate it to my students and say, hey, you know what? In this Chinese Tao uh, form, this is the exact same way they do it in Polish Sabre. This is the exact same way they do it in Cavalry Sabre. This is the exact same way they do it. You know, and you can see that the human body is a human body. You got a torso, a couple of limbs, and a head. And if you understand that there's only so many ways to bend your elbow, then there's, there's a ton of ways to make it not bend that way. So it's one of those translations. Again, we talk about body mechanics. We talk about repetition. If you have curriculum, body mechanics, repetition, warm up and cool up, that's all pedagogy. That's how to do it. Some sort of mental brain sort of gymnast. You need... You need people to have some sort of discipline of, let's say, like in a karate school, you bow into the dojo every time. It's like a simple little thing that makes a big difference. You have to have those kind of things in your curriculum too. Let's say, maybe it's just me training at home, right? But my routine of shutting the door to the room I train in, turning off all 
distractions and clicking on the thing or opening up the book of the thing or watch whatever practicing the sequence that is the discipline that's the bow into the dojo right it could be as simple as we meet at the park at six we leave at seven that's part of your curriculum that that's your that is your discipline again we go back to discipline discipline is doing the same thing over and over again expecting better results better results exactly which is not insanity insanity is doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results right i want better results so i am trying to do it this way and i say okay that way doesn't work so i'm going to change it repetition right? not replication necessarily right and it's it's repetition for the sake of uh enhancement instead of repetition for the the sake of just repetition nobody nobody that i know or have ever known or probably can dream of will do a push-up to not get better arms and chest right like why are you doing a push-up I thought you said you were going to live. Why are you doing push-ups? So it's, and that's why so many people. That's why so many people skip leg day. <laughs> well, it's it's that word gains, right? Hashtag gains. That's a real thing, though. That's that's what all curriculum is based on: the repetition for the expectation of better. And that's when when people post videos of themselves in the gym. Guaranteed, they do the same crap in the gym every week. The same types of sets, the same types of extra. Maybe they mix this up, that up, whatever, but they're basically doing the same crap every day, every week. Okay. And that is gains. They look better at the end of two months if that's what they're doing every day. Repetition, but not replication. Let's, let's talk about this then, um, because that's part of new schools and, and something that most people don't understand that that is part of your curriculum is you do have to go back and do the same class over and over and over again not just the same exercise but the same class you know what every student is different and you're all special but shut up and get in your horse stance right it, it's one of those things that that just has to happen okay well you know this I've, t I've told it to you for three years, your black belt test will include a horse stance. So you probably should get good at it, you know, and that's three years away. Why am I having you do it now? So that you're good at it by the time I ask you to do it. <laughs> so a lot of times um, the reason you ask, why are you here? When somebody first walks into your dojo, uh, to your class is literally to see if they have um, a like mind to what fits do you have the environment conducive to their learning? You know, because again, if I'm here, if I show up at your martial arts school, or let's just keep it in the realm of lightsabers. If I show up to your lightsaber school and I don't see lightsabers, I see Shanai, let's say, or I see, you know, uh, rapiers and long swords. Okay, you have swords involved, but you said this was a lightsaber class. Uh, yeah, I've never been to one of those lying hashtag lying. <laughs> like um am i in the right place <laughs> right I, I i know i'm in the right area you know i'm close but am i in the right place is the lightsaber class out back you know i would say the curriculum lacks focus in that in that right. case right lacks yeah. a goal and, and in that case it, it, it's it's a thing right so 
some people are drawn to it by the light. Some people are drawn to it by the FB event. Some people see it on Discord. Ooh, that's cool. Some people just heard, heard of it from word of mouth and they showed up or they were just walking by. That's okay. doesn't matter how they got there. They're there. But are they there for the same reasons that you're teaching? Are you looking to grow a group of fighters to go to different tournaments? Or are you looking for people that are looking to do kata with you? Or are you looking for people just to hang out with? You can be all of those things. You can be one of those things, but you can't be none of those things. Even if you, you're not into it, even if you're not into fighting, even if you're not into to actually, you know, getting hit and hitting somebody else with, uh, you know, the, their blade on purpose, hopefully with good safety, um, then you're there for choreography. You're there for the kata. You're there to, to get better at your own body mechanics. That's okay. If you're there for choreography, that choreography had to start as a spontaneous, unchoreographed piece of raw, maybe very controlled, but raw combat. Right. And understand that it's a game of range. Every single move that you do in choreography can be used in a fight. It's just a different range. I, you literally have to get another half step or a full step in in order for it to work you know, and get a point in a fight. And that's really where, where a lot of times it's, um, so for example, yeah, you brought this up. We went to a Diamondbacks game and did Star Wars night and they let us on the field and Kenny and I fought a choreographed fight, which was cool, but we've done, had done it so many times and we trust each other enough that everybody else that was having a choreographed fight around us was just like, whoa, those guys are just going at it even though they knew who we were, what we did and everything like that, we had done so many times that we were going, you know, three times the speed everybody else was going. Because we know the movements. We've done them so many times. We've drilled them so many times and we've done them for years. And you look back and like, when I, at least when I look back, I'm like, oh. This makes me think of, honestly, this, this goes right into curriculum because this is almost the, the, um, the nova of my personal curriculum for Delaware Sabre Martial Arts. This is where it kind of all started um, with, as far as me expanding just beyond myself, which is my buddy Bede, who you know. Um, we were entering the talent show in high school. And... Revenge of the Sith had just come out. You made me think of this. So we went to, um, you know, get some, some wooden dowel rods to practice together because they were about the right length for the lightsabers we were going to use. We went to Target and bought some light-up sound, you know, Hasbro lightsabers and we didn't use them until the very day of the fight. We practiced like five times with them. Still ended up with noodle blades a little bit. <laughs> um, but when we, like, we drilled this every day after school. We drilled it at lunch with pencils. We drilled it in the hallway with our hands holding nothing. <laughs> yeah. We drilled it at 
play practice backstage, you know, we would drill it with blah, 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 blah. And the reason was we didn't care about what anybody else thought. We just wanted to enter this talent show, get on stage and play with lightsabers in front of everybody. And me having been in martial arts for about 12, 13 years at this point, I wanted people to think we knew what we were doing. So what does this have to do with curriculum? Well, I had to make Bede look like a martial artist real quick. Right. And he had never done that before. Never. Yeah. He likes to play pool. <laughs> he plays a little hockey here and there. And he watches everything with like a really keen learner's type eye. Like he can memorize the sequences of a fight scene in any movie he likes without knowing anything about what they're actually doing. And he can make a, almost a perfect physical representation of what they're doing, right? So I knew that about him. I knew what the sword work they did in the movie was. And we, with a little bit of creative license, basically re-choreographed the whole Revenge of the Sith fight and performed it on stage for the high school. And what you said about like you and Kenny just trusting each other and practicing and practicing and practicing and everybody who had already been doing choreography, even them being impressed by what you did well, it was the same thing. I mean, we had no clue this was going to happen, but we ignited the lightsabers and started wailing at each other. And like, we knew, we knew we were never going to touch each other, but the whole audience was like, <gasps> you know and they were just like freaking out at the speed and the power that we were using and like at one point i had this lightsaber that would change from blue to red because it was like revenge of the sith right and uh it accidentally shifted to red right at the climax of the fight and it, man it got so intense but Again, we'd repeated it so many times that when it turned to red, like half of my brain went, ooh, red, pretty. And then the other half of me is like, oh, crap, I got to remember the fight. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but you're still working at that speed. And I guess coming up with that curriculum in such a way that I made somebody who had never done this before in just a few months look like he'd been doing it for a few years. Now, he could only do that one thing. He could only do that one fight. But now, he's like adept at Seresu. Why? Because he had to protect his neck for the first time in his life with that choreography. Because I would push him. I'd be like, yo, man, we're going to go fast. Like, I'm not playing with this. This is a sword fight. <laughs> and Right. Um, right. Battle now, of the Heroes, three minutes. Yeah. We have, <laughs> we have a and lot of Now lot that of when we actually spar, like he's using real forms and he understands the lore. So he understands and he understands physicality. He understands body mechanics. You don't have to be a master to master yourself. Right. Well, here's, that's such good news. I have to break it, break the bad news for you. Congratulations. You have to master yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not going to do it in this lifetime. That's okay. The pursuit of mastery is mastery. So one of my teachers said this, and I thought it was brilliant. You're going to sleep for maybe a third of your life, right? You should get good at it. 
I was like, yeah, actually, that's a big chunk of my life. <laughs> I should get real good at sleep. He's like, which means that you have to be able to wake yourself up. You have to be able to, you right. know, go to that's sleep. That's the curriculum you, of sleep. Yeah. And, and you have to you do this. And if you're really into it, get good at dreaming. You know, and and there's like a whole like meditation and the whole thing that you 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 do, and it's like, can you actually sit there and not fall asleep? If you said so, I was like, oh, that's gonna be rough for me, man, because I practice this whole sleeping thing. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things that you're gonna do it. Why not do it right? You're gonna have a hundred thousand thoughts a day most of which you had yesterday so can you focus your thoughts on the thing that you actually want that's where all this woo woo vision board comes from you know all the stuff that that we want to achieve you know you have to picture it first before it happens right you hear that from all the motivational speakers good news bad news it's true but it forward is forward if you have crazy stuff happening in your life because of family, because of friends, because of job, because of, you know, kids, you know, uh, and all sorts of uh, the world being on fire because of a global pandemic, right? There's, uh, there's still hope because you still have you. You have your mind, you have your body, and you're going to be stuck with it the rest of your life. So get good at it. Get good at your mind. Get good at your body. Get so good yeah. you earn a black belt in it. You'd better. And if you earn a black belt, that black belt never leaves your waist even when you untie it. And, and that's how uh, we talk about habits, right? Um, and that's the thing. You create a habit. If you want to be a teacher, become that teacher by seeing who they are, by meditating on what that teacher would do and understand that you have to become that teacher. You will be that teacher. And because you put so much time, effort, thought, and energy into it, that's, you just will look up one day and that's you. You are that teacher. And, you know, when we talk about curriculum, I know we were, we were, we were talking about, hey, let's talk about starting a curriculum, starting a martial arts school, starting a saber school. The biggest question, the biggest step is why? And then everything else will fall into place um, because that discipline of showing up at six to eight at the park every week on Wednesday or, you know, closing your, your study door you know, before you do your personal, your, your personal training, uh, you know, putting the kid down for an afternoon nap and then having just an hour to yourself, whatever that habit is, that's, what's going to happen. It's going to happen in your brain, whether or not you're paying attention to it or not. And that's what, what the habit is. That's what I felt is, is being able to see yourself at a higher level than you are now. And becoming that person and realizing there's more. <sighs> okay, so we're pushing two hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a Q and A, right? So that's one Q and one A. Let's just put it this way: like we always say, it's a topic that needs more. 
we can't we can't cover it in two hours but we're sure trying and um i think it's valuable for people who are new it's valuable for people who are alone or with a group it's valuable for some of our affiliates who have been running their own schools for a long time now it's valuable for some of our affiliates who are brand new and for their students as well to kind of go back and go, oh, an evaluation of the teacher, an evaluation of their self as a student, of where they want to be as a teacher maybe. Or why they keep showing up. Why do you keep showing up? It's an important thing to because know. Because here's, here's the Talking thing. Talking about you, Ryan McKenna. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> as you'll, you'll realize that if you keep showing and you don't know why you keep showing up, that's the reason you keep showing up. Because you, you, you're you searching for the answer to that question. It, it might be all of it. It might be, you know, might be the people. It might be the teacher. It might be the curriculum. It might be the only thing that's happening. Okay, fine. Forward is forward. I think we can agree. What you teach, not so important. How you teach it, much more important. How you live it, just as important as that. And um, I think, like, let's just answer the shallow question of, but where do I actually do? Okay. Get some Hema. Get some Kendo. Get some Screema. Get some Boxing. Get some this. Do your research. Do your research. Do more research. Then do more research. Then do more research. And while you're doing all this research, like Sifu said, between all of that, between the stuff that you like to do, do more of the stuff you like to do. Practice, repeat, practice, repeat, practice, repeat. Okay? That's that's how you come up with a curriculum. It matters not. Okay, look, the body has basically any number of zones. But if you want to be basic, chop it down the middle. Chop it down the middle the other way. Okay? Make a lowercase t with it. And tell people to hit high corner, high other corner low corner, low other corner, or smack dab down the middle and call it a day, okay? That part, so <laughs> not important, okay? Right. So not important. Right. The The important thing is what you do with that to better yourself, to better your students, to better yourself as the student, to, like, help people. Uh, if this episode, I'm, I'm going to be making a whole lot of friends right now. Uh, if this episode has you a little ticked off because you thought we were going to teach you how to teach how to swing a lightsaber, um, I'm sorry. You Show you up might... to our HEO class. Yeah. you Yeah. Become an affiliate. Show up to the Holocron. <laughs> and all of that will happen. The, the what we teach is there. Okay. But the how we teach it is those people and the special things that make them them. Okay. Um. Any martial arts teacher that's been in the game and has students that believe in them knows that showing up every day is the only way that you can every single day earn that title of teacher, earn that title of master, or just earn your own self-respect to say, what I'm showing people is not total BS and I feel confident that I'm bettering their the 60 minutes that they spent with me helped better their day. I mean, like, do you need any more curriculum than that? Sabermartialarts.life. 
always training, always judging, always curriculating. We will see you guys uh, the next time. And, um, yeah, this was an awesome talk. Thank you so much, Alan, as always. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Uh, Become an affiliate. And um, next time, bring your own saber.